digress. I am very excited uh, today. We have a wonderful guest slash sister slash amazing mother in our community. And she's going to speak to us today for about 10 minutes about an exciting ministry called Love, Inc. Can we welcome the lovely Miss Heidi Bowles? How often do you get a standing ovation before you've even spoken? Thank you very much. I don't know if you can see it, but um, last week when Chris and I were here for the church service, one of the things that struck me was the scripture verse that's above every door. I don't know, can you see it with the way the lights are that we could all read that scripture verse together as I start? Here it is. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. What an amazing verse to have to be as a reminder for you all the time. And the reason I'm so excited about it is because as I looked at that scripture verse last week when I was here, I could not help but go, whoa, this really goes along with Love, Inc. well. This is amazing. I, of all things today, I, when I planned a visit with you this morning, I, I was going to talk about phones. And guess what I forgot this morning? My phone. I left it at home, so I can't even hold it up as my own example. But I'm guessing that probably right here this morning, there's a lot of people that have a phone. And if, every, if I asked everybody to hold up their phone, we'd all look at them and go, yep, those are phones. But they'd all look different. In some way or another, they'd all look different. Even if you got a different phone cover on, even though you've got an I-4, and I've got an I-4. So... <clears throat> As I think about the idea of those phones and how they're all different, I, I can't help but think about how the fact they were all created to be phones, just the way that God created us all to be people, and yet we all look different. We all have different experiences. We all have different gifts that we've been given, and it's those differences that cause us to be able to serve others and to share his good news with others in different kinds of ways. I love the verse, Ephesians 2.10. Is that one that you know? We are his workmanship. You are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. Just like those apps that we can put on our phones increase the capabilities of our phones, I want to talk to you today what I lovingly, kind of sillily call an, an app for our lives, and that's Love, Inc. And, and Love in the Name of Christ. By the way, it's Love, Inc., we're not Love Incorporated. We are incorporated. We're an official nonprofit, but Inc. actually stands for In the Name of Christ. It's an acronym for us. God has placed in all of us his image. One of his images, one of his traits that he has placed in all of us is a concern for the broken, for the poor, for the people who are struggling in life. <clears throat> he cares so much about that that he actually made laws about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. When he first started setting up laws for his people about how to care for people in need, the poor, the oppressed. In the Old Testament, it says the poor will always be with us. Jesus repeated that in Matthew, when, and he said, the poor will always be with us. The cool thing is that when he began his ministry, Isaiah 61 was what he quoted. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, 
But it's the spirit of the Lord, the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to comfort those who mourn, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of the ashes and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. But guess what was supposed to happen after all that came to be? After they did all of that, what was to happen then? Those folks who were the poor, the brokenhearted, those who were mourning, there to end up becoming oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You and I are here for the display of his splendor, and we're here to help others become the display of his splendor also. Like the phones, we all have capabilities. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, like that verse says, he's empowered you. He's given you the ability, the efficiency, the might to do some things for the sake of his glory. Romans 12, 7 through 8. If it's serving, then serve. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We also have occupational skills that we can offer. We have hobbies and talents. So what I call the app of Love, Inc. for your life, now I want to explain why th what that is. You see, one hope that grouping of churches that Pastor Red talked about last night was actually the catalyst for starting Love, Inc., Love in the Name of Christ. And Steve Buss, whose picture was up here last week, he's actually the vice chair of the board of Love, Inc., and what we are doing is we are working within the churches in Central Lane County to draw them together as a group of churches, kind of like One Hope is drawing churches together. But Love, Inc. specifically is drawing the churches together, the people in the churches, to serve people in our community who are in need in extremely practical ways. We're not going to go out on the, on the street corners with bullhorns and hand out tracts. That's not what we're about. We're about helping people in very practical ways, um, giving them rights to doctor's appointments or physical therapy, therapy appointments from last week, warm meals, small household repairs, helping people with moving, helping people with packing, Helping folks that are transitioning out of homelessness to get their pantries filled up so that they have the staples that they need in order to set up a household. Our end goal, though we want really badly to help people, we want to do that. Our end goal, though, is to transform lives, to build relationships with these people so that they will see Jesus in us, so that if we're given a chance, we can actually give a reason for the hope that lies within us. And we can talk to them about Jesus and help them come to know him. So that they can become his image bearers. So that they can become the oaks of righteousness that it talks about. We can carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ through love in the name of Christ as their lives will be transformed. The ministry is new to our area, but I want you to know it's actually 35 years old. It's an international ministry, and we are going to be the 157th affiliate. We'll start out as a call center, so we even need volunteers for the call center. But then we also are looking for people from Christian churches who are partner churches, and praise God, Christ Center is going to be one of our partner churches to be the people who go out and help with the rights, help with the meals, help with the packing, help with the moving, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. 
As we open up the call center, we'll refer people to different social service agencies that they may not have accessed, but we'll also help them get help, maybe not only in the area that they called about, but in other kinds of areas as people share all the different things they want to offer. I have one church that has a quilting group. I don't have a plan for a quilting team, but the quilting group came up to me and said, Heidi, whenever you get a call from somebody who is at the end of life and struggling, or somebody who's got a new baby or is expecting a new baby, would you please give us their name? We'd like to go and pray with them and bless them and give them a quilt. So I'm also looking for just creative things that we can all join together to do to minister to people in the name of Christ. I am really excited that uh, Christ Center wants to be a part of what we're doing. It's going to be a great joining together of the churches. We've got a table in the back. We've got a volunteer training and orientation coming up on the 20th of February, and I'll be continuing to do trainings. But I would love to have any of you that God is calling, if he's quickening your heart, to answer the call, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to people in our, in South, I'm sorry, in um, Central Lane County, to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. You, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the gifts, I know you have abilities, I know you have talents, and I know from that verse, because the Bible's true, that you have the ability to do it. And yes, it's for the ends of the earth, but do you know, I got to thinking, for some people, Junction City is the ends of the earth. So it can start right here. So if you'll consider stopping at the table and visiting with us, my husband Chris and I would love to share more with you and answer more questions for you about love in the name of Christ. Thanks for giving me a chance to share with you. I really appreciate it. Kind of feel like you already preached, which makes me feel a little threatened. <laughs> Let's just extend our hands to Heidi and Chris. Father, we say yes. We say yes. Yes to wisdom. Yes to an elegant kingdom solution to be able to join together and serve needs. Lord, I know everyone in this house has a desire to reach out and show your love in practical ways. But Lord, we've, we've, we've had this issue of when I have time, I don't know where the need is. And when there's a need, we don't know who has time. And God, we really believe that you're solving that problem. You're matching gifts and needs. And you're doing it in a way that we, as the church of Willamette Valley, get to serve together so that you're famous not just in the epicenter of all that you do at the earth here in Junction City, but everywhere. Did you catch that? Lord, we just bless this ministry, and we say yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Lord thinks my jokes are funny, by the way. <laughs> I hope. Ron, I'd love for you to come up here. Come on up, Ron Felt. For those of you that don't know Ron Felt, he is one of the board members for One Hope. And uh, he and his beautiful wife, Joy. Joy does the books for One Hope. She is much cuter than Ron, but he's pretty handsome. Um, 
But, you know, he is a, he is, he and Joy both are mothers and fathers in our city and have been coming together. I think of that scripture where it says, he who would be the greatest among you, let him become a servant of all. And, and Ron and Joy continue to be servants of all. And uh, I'm going to start this word today with praying Jesus's prayer, the priestly prayer that Jesus prayed over us. And uh, I'm going to ask Ron to pray that. So I'm going to bring it up and we're going to team up together. So if you would just pray that over the church. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came from, forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your, world, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask behalf on these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me I have given to them that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity 
so that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you. And these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Amen. Amen. Even in listening to the Lord's prayer over us, and I love where he says, I don't pray this just over these, speaking of the disciples that were in front of him, but he said, but also those who will hear on account of their testimony and will believe. That was Jesus's prayer. And how many of you know that Jesus, it says, stands before the Lord interceding for us in the throne room even right now? Jesus prays for us. And here we see the time that he took, and this written down by the apostle, that we would know Jesus' prayer for us, and it's just rich. Thank you, Lord, that you pray for us, that you've prayed for us. God, we just thank you. We receive it. I love verse in, uh, in 17, verse 2 and 3. Jesus has been given all authority over all flesh, that they may know God. He said, even as you gave him authority, speaking of himself, over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus is saying, all authority over all flesh has been given to me, that all flesh may know God. Think about that for a minute. Who are you scared of in this life? What are we worried about in this life? I think when it boils down to it, most often it involves other people. It involves wondering if we can be confident in the thing that God has, has given us to do in this earth. But here in John 17, verses 2 and 3, Jesus says to his Father, You have given me authority over all flesh that all men may know God. Jesus has true and real and tangible authority in this earth. And you, as Jesus prayed, are in Christ. And Christ is in you. And we are in the Father. And the Father is in us. And all authority has been given to Christ over all flesh, that men may know God. Somebody needs to get saved. That is really good news. That is really, that is a confidence boost right there. You know, it's like when somebody comes and they say, hey, um, you, you, you can't do that. What's your first question? Well, who, who says? Right? You immediately want to know, am I a little echoey in here? I feel like there's a lot of me going on right here. You guys doing okay? There we go. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> meeting after the meeting, Andrew. Jesus is praying from a place of authority, and he has all authority. 
And we are in Christ, so when we pray, we pray from a place of authority. Did you catch that? All right. So I want to jump in, and I want to show you a little bit about when we pray, how we pray. What are some of the, what are some of the aspects of prayer? I think we've all experienced really awesome prayer times, and I think we've all experienced very awkward prayer times. I think we've had encouraging prayer times, and we've had not-so-encouraging prayer times. Is anybody in here? Am I the only one that has more than one kind of prayer time? Okay, just checking. Because otherwise, maybe I don't need to preach, because Heidi did, and it was good. So I'm going to start right here. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. This is John 15, 12 through 17. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. The qualifier here that we're his friends and not slaves is that he talks to us. So the very first thing that I want us to catch as a, as a, as a people, as a family, is that prayer begins and ends in friendship. That's a selah. Prayer begins and ends in friendship. When you pray, you're not yelling scriptures at God. When you pray, you're not going on and on and on. Jesus, in fact, I'm going to get to this in a minute, he, he, he discourages that kind of nonsense. He says, you are my friends. And he says, and how do you know that you're my friends? Because I tell you all things. So the first thing is, when we pray, we pray from a place of friendship. This is a conversation with a God. I heard this the other, John Alban said this the other day, pastor from Life Church, With a God who would rather die than live without us. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. Say, my fruit will remain. That's right. You are a great investment. And when you pray and when you do stuff, you know what? Your stuff lasts. Doesn't that feel good? I think with any of us, when we do anything in the midst of it, you have that moment like, is this even working? You know what I mean? Like raising children. Come on. You guys are a tough crowd today. Or maybe I'm just sensitive. Am I being sensitive? You should pray for me. Because your prayers work. Your fruit will remain. How many of us know you've got to be confident in what it is that you're going to do, in, the, in what it is that you're doing, or you're going to lose heart and you're going to stop doing it. And I want to say this, that, that Jesus is saying, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. So you're praying from a place of knowing that he chose you. Yeah. He's, I, I want you on the team. You know, all the kids are in the playground because we're picking teams. And you were not the last kid picked. You were the first kid picked and the last kid picked. He put everybody on his team. The first will be last. Somebody here actually needed to hear that because you were the last kid picked. Jesus picked you for his team. Whatever you ask of my father in my name he may give to you. And this I command you, that you love one another. I'm going to read this again in its entirety. You did not choose me, 
but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. You pray from a place of confidence. Confidence, because he has confidence in you. It's like, I know what I picked. I know what I put in you. I know what you're going to accomplish, and it's going to last. Say, I'm going to last. It's true. You guys must have a good preacher. So then he says, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. Why? Because he chose you. Why will he give you anything you ask in the Father's name? Because he chose you that you would bear fruit and your fruit will remain. So therefore, when you ask something of the Father, he gives it to you. And then he says, this I command you, you love one another. I pray from confidence, I pray from friendship, and I pray from love. You guys enjoying this so far? John 16, he says this, in that day, you will not question me about anything. This is Jesus talking to the disciples, and he's talking to us. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, I grew up in King James Version, verily, verily, I say unto you. If you, ask for the, if, you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. And then he says this, until now you've asked for nothing in my name. And he says, ask, and you will receive. And I love this, so your joy may be made full. We pray from a place of joy. Because he said, listen, Ask me anything in my name. Ask anything from this place of friendship and confidence and being in a place of joy. And you're going to receive what you're asking for. You're coming from that place of love. You're in the authority of Christ. Paul, at one point, he says, do you not know that you're seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places right now? I mean, that is, what? Yes, you are seated in Christ Jesus declaring the words, the heart, and the actions of the living God, that same God who would rather die than live without you. In fact, he loved you so much, he did die, and then rose again how much he loves you. You and I, on our own, can only die. He went up to that, also rose. So we pray from a place of joy. John 16, 20, uh, 26 through 17 in that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. Now, this is interesting. Here we are, seated in Christ Jesus. This is a mystery in, in some ways, but it says we're seated in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is saying, in that day, you will ask in my name, and I don't say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. So, I jumped ahead of myself. So, so what is the point here? He says, so you're asking him directly. You're in Christ. You're praying the heart of the Father from a place of love, friendship, confidence, and joy. You're in Christ conversing with the Father about what the Father wants to release on earth. And you're not asking Jesus to ask on your behalf. You're in Jesus asking on behalf of yourself and everyone here. Come on. Are you guys alive? This is really good news. How many of you are getting excited about the idea of prayer? 
How many of you don't actually think this sounds anything like prayer? Come on, be honest. How many of you are like, that sounds fun. I would do that if that's what prayer is. Not even one? Okay, well, I will. I will do this if this is what prayer is. We pray directly to a very good dad. A very good dad. This is the king of the universe who has shown by his character, by the attributes of who he is and what that means, that he is actually the one to whom it makes the most sense to surrender and serve. And that's the one we pray to. So we come knowing that we are friends with a very good dad. A very good dad. Now, Colossians 3, 12 through 17 says this. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? That sounds just like Jesus. So, so it's like saying, so as those who have been chosen of God, and what did we read previously? You didn't choose me. I chose you. That you would bear fruit and your fruit would remain. What kind of fruit? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive them. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. This just summarized everything we just talked about. You see that? We pray from a place of thanksgiving and joy. Look at this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I was thinking about that actually. Like, what does that part look like? You know, kind of like, I saw you the other day. You'd had a bit much to drink. You probably shouldn't do that because if you lost your license, it would stink because God loves you. <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but it was just a thought. <laughs> Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I know, I'm sorry. We pray with wisdom. We pray with wisdom. I'm going to just avoid Jason's input over there. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but we're not. We're, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Isn't that good? We're coming in with, a, with the, we, truly the spirit of Christ when we pray. So these prayers, and I, and I love this. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. This is a key. When we pray, we're not praying to this broken down animistic God. We're not praying to the great energy that's in everything. We're not praying to a nameless, faceless karma. We're praying to a father who showed who he is through Christ Jesus. We're praying from a place of friendship and joy and wisdom and authority, and we're praying with thanksgiving. 
And we have a lot to be thankful for just based on who the Father is. Like before he even answers any of the prayers yet, we need to realize he is the answer to the prayer. I mean, when you boil down every prayer that we would pray, our prayer honestly would go right back to John 17, 2 and 3, where he says, where Jesus says, Father, all authority has been given to me over all flesh that men may know you. That's our prayer. I, I want you to be blessed, and I'm praying that you will be. I want you to be rich, and I'm praying that you will be. Why? Because you can do a whole lot more with a whole lot more. I'm praying you'll be faithful with little so you can be given much. Why? Because I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But how do I know that will happen? If you will know God. Because I guarantee that won't happen if you don't truly know him. You could be rich and still be in poverty in your spirit. Are you hearing me? I want you to know God. And your prayer is that all men would know God because if they know him, they will love him. And if they love him, they will worship him. And if they worship him, they will become like him. So there's this attitude of thanksgiving just right there. Thank you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you love mercy more than judgment. Thank you. We pray, praying at the same time for us as well. I'm going to start from the top. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I also have been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. We pray with boldness for boldness. We pray with thanksgiving that we can give more thanks. We pray with boldness that God would give us opportunity and the ability to speak the mystery of dad's amazing love that people would know him. And we have confidence. Why? Because all authority has been given to Christ Jesus. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, Joshua Rivas as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. We're praying, and as we pray, we're prepared because we've been having a conversation with God. It's kind of hard to be in a conversation with the Lord, like, wow, I was just thinking about your son Jesus. I was thinking about how patient he is with me. I was thinking about how he elected to come. You didn't force him to come. He, he said, I will go. I will do this. You're so amazing. You're so selfless. And then you turn and go, I hate you. It's hard to do that because when I'm in a conversation with the living God and I turn, I find myself seasoned with grace. I can't help when I'm receiving his love and realizing, like, you chose me and I know me. I don't even choose me. I was trying to get out of the deal. I was embracing, like, dualism. Maybe there's just a spiritual me that's really good because the rest of me stinks. Maybe there's two me's since the one I see all the time I don't like. Anyway, you guys getting me? And he goes, no, I like all of you. And I was born again. When I think about that, I can't turn and hate you. I turn and go, I, I think he's, he chose you too. There's a grace that happens when we converse with God in prayer. We are like him. We become like him. Amen? And then he goes on, let your speech always be with grace. When you pray, okay, 
Okay, I'm going to jump into this. Matthew 6, and then we're going to pray. Oh, we're doing good. we got three minutes. Perfect. Totally perfect. All right, I love this. Jesus is talking. He says this. When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues or the prayer houses or whatever. Okay? For they love to stand and pray and on the street corners so that other people can see that they're doing a really good job praying. I'm praying a lot. I got a prayer schedule. And he says that by itself doesn't mean anything. Is he saying that you shouldn't pray for certain times? No, he's not saying that. Is he saying it's a bad idea to have 24-7 prayer because the church came together and said, we want to pray and worship the Lord together and see an expression of that in our area? Of course that's a great idea. But am I coming with that heart that we just talked about that says, Lord, I'm coming as your friend. I'm not grinding it out, proving to you something. No, I can't wait to go and have my two hours with you or my half hour with you or my four hours, wherever you are, you know? But then I, I keep conversing the rest of the time. Like, my time praying isn't just when I go in the prayer room. It's certainly not just when I come here. I'm conversing all the time. Are you with me? So he says this. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room. Close your door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you're praying, don't use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. Like, as soon as you can pray without thinking about it, change your prayer. Father, I just thank you because you're really, really good all the time, all the time. You're really, really good. And I know that your goodness is really, really good, and I think it's really, really good. Father, I pray that everybody would know the really, really good Father. Father, I know that you're really, really, really good, and you're really, really good. Good, good, really, Father, Father, good. Okay, what? What? I'm not even... Can you imagine if your wife talked to you like that? Like, hey, baby, how you doing? How you doing, baby? <laughs> that is not friendship. I think I'm just done right there. They suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. You know, I mean, it's like, ready? Go. Okay, Father, I just want to ask that your will be done everywhere and that, that your people would be blessed. And I just ask that, Father, that everything would be, oh, my gosh, that's taking a long time. Lord, I just pray that you give me more grace. <sighs> it's only been like four minutes. I'm like, I'm going to be in here for two hours. No, it's not your many words. It's that you're seated in Christ Jesus. You're his friend. Sometimes when you pray, you're going to be quiet. You're just going to say, Lord, remind me what's true. And you might meditate on a scripture. And then you could pray that scripture. Or he might just show you a picture. And, then, and you say, Lord, I don't even know what that means. And he goes, I know. I'm going to tell you right now. And he tells you. And then you pray about that. You talk about it. Doesn't that sound like fun? And why? Because then your father will hear you and your joy will be made full. And so then you come out of your times of prayer. You live in that place of prayer because it's life. Did you know that God is relationship? He doesn't just value relationship. He is a relationship. He's the father and the son and the Holy Spirit and they're one. He didn't create us so he could have relationship. He created us because he is relationship. And you think that the main way that we talk with him, he made that non-relational? Father, I just blah 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 blah. And he's like, I was just thinking about like if my wife always talked to me 
Like, we get these bad prayer habits. I'm going to hurt you just a little bit with love. Is it love? I'm going to ask you to love me while I hurt you. No, that still doesn't work. No, I'm just saying it. I just think it would be funny, though, because we really do create these really funny things. They're, they're just funny. I think, honestly, God thinks they're funny. I think he goes, oh, you little sweetheart. Like, I'm going to go ahead. First of all, Jesus is right there editing half of it. He's like, don't give him that, Lord. No, don't. He doesn't, honestly, what he really means is this. Don't even, you know, Lord, I just prayed down a curse upon California, for they have turned against you, Lord. Let the earthquake come and break them apart. And Jesus is like, okay, what he really means is, Lord, you love California like you loved Nineveh. And Jesus, I pray the earthquake of your love would hit everyone there, and it would shake them up. And they would turn and they would repent and say, Jesus, you're welcome in California. And thank you for the nice weather. Send it to Oregon. That, that's, amen? I'm having so much fun, I can't remember what I'm preaching. So you're not going to be heard because of your many words. It says you don't have to be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. I think that's, that's so beautiful. Have you ever had your kid come in and they're just like, I hate everything. Everything is stupid, 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 stupid school. I hate everything. And you're like, Anything happen at school today? <laughs> well, it's just the teachers are idiots. Well, something happened in a particular class. You know, and, you know, maybe some, there was a misunderstanding, you know. Teacher called them out, misunderstood what they said, and it was a bummer. They got their feelings hurt. So your father's in the same way. You know, you come in, I hate Christians. They're always hurting me. And he goes, anyone in particular? <laughs> it was Bill. <laughs> okay. Why don't you pray for him? Lord, take Bill home now. <laughs> He'll turn it around. I need, to, I need to finish. Pray then this way. You see that, though? You see how God is in a relationship with us? How many times I've come in to pray for somebody, and I end up praying for me. Like, Father, you need to fix them. He's like, well, how are you doing right now? Well, I'm mad. He's like, do you think they're mad? No. Do you think they're even thinking about what you're thinking about? No. Let's talk about you for a little while. <laughs> pray then this way. This is the template that Jesus gave. It's an outline coming from that place of friendship and confidence and joy and thanksgiving and all the things that we are in Christ and that Christ is forming in us, pray then this way. And I'm, I'm going to just do this. We've got, it's five after right now, and I would like to endeavor to be done in about seven minutes. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take one minute for each of these, and we're going to pray this. Now, this is the first thought. Jesus says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed or holy, be your name. And what we're going to do is we're just going to go vertical, and I want you to just begin to pray to the Lord all the things about him that are holy. And we can just lift it up. Maybe we'll get Paul up here. Paul, can you come up and just play me a little, little, little guitar?
just be shepherds. You're always you're always considerate. You're always kind to each other. Your mercy is new every morning. You're not subjective. You're totally objective. Thank you, Jesus. Always. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a prayer of confidence. This is where the Lord says, you can't say that you don't know what to pray. You can't say you don't know what my will is. Let me tell you what my will is. I want all the things in my kingdom to come on earth. I want my will, the God who would rather die than live without you. That heart, that will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to just take a moment and I want you to begin to pray these prayers towards all the places that you're aware of in your sphere of influence where you need to see heaven show up in that place, where you need to see the kingdom advance. So just begin to do that. And, and, and on this one, you probably have a spouse or a friend with you. Pray together. Just, just, just get into it. Just start praying. Just back and forth. We're going to take a minute and just, Lord, I want heaven in this situation. I love this. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, here are the things that I need today. Not tomorrow. Today. Give me what I need to eat. Give me the things that you know that are needed. All of us, Lord. Give us those things. I need my rent check. I need a new job. I need a raise. I need my body healed. You're the bread that was broken the body that was broken for my healing. I need healing. I need provision. I need favor. I need these things today. He says, ask, and I will give you those things. He needs, he desires that you would be in a place where you can bless others and demonstrate his heart and his goodness. Pray for the bread that you need today. And just, let's just stay engaged, whoever you're praying with right now. Pray this together. It's fun to pray together. Let's agree together. So for the things that are needed today.
And forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven those who have sinned against us. We can't have access to anything if there's unforgiveness in our hearts. We are only forgiven of our sins if we forgive others theirs. There's no freedom unless there's forgiveness. There's, there's no grace unless grace is given. So right now, Lord, we just ask you for anyone that we need to forgive right now. Bring it to our heart so we can forgive. Of course it was injustice, Lord. Of course they owe us something. You don't care because we owed you everything. <laughs> we were totally unjust and you forgave us. Holy Spirit, grace us right now with those we need to forgive. Just search your heart. And as the Lord brings up those things, whether it's petty or whether it's huge, ask him for grace and then just, just speak it out. Lord, I forgive this person. And if you need more grace, then say, Jesus, I forgive, I forgive this person because you forgive this person. Give me more grace. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I love that Jesus told us, listen, there's going to be temptation. It's, it's not that you have a sin nature because you're tempted. Adam and Eve didn't have a sin nature and they were tempted. It's not a problem that there's temptation. Ask me for help to turn away from it. Ask me for help to, for deliverance from evil. You know, Jesus said, listen, there will be temptation and woe to those from whom it comes. There will be offenses. And he says, but I won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. I'll provide a way of escape. A lot of us are having shame still. We're like, why am I still tempted? And the answer is, well, because it's tempting. You're not sick. You're tempted. And the Lord says, I want to provide a way of escape. Ask me to deliver you from the evil. Ask me to lead you away from temptation. You need grace to do that. There's a humility there to say, Lord, I am temptable. I'm not wicked, but I'm temptable. And Jesus put it in the prayer. If we were never going to be tempted again, he would not have put it in the prayer. So, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Let's just pray that together. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Thank you, Jesus. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Now, how many of you just enjoyed praying? Come on. There are some neat things going on in our valley right now. We're joining together with like 50 other churches at this point to believe the Lord to establish a regional prayer center where together we can come and, and just seek the Lord. There's a concerted effort, and it's beautiful. And, I, and I'm looking forward to see how God unwraps that, how that unfolds. You know, I got the, the honor of getting to go and worship with Aaron and Josh Davis and my daughters yesterday, and we, we, we went and, and prayed and worshiped with, with some other people from other churches for two hours. And it was beautiful. It went by like that. And I just want to I want to encourage you that neat things are happening. I want to encourage you that as we continue to ask the Lord of the harvest for more laborers, we'll continue to see a great harvest. It's a good time to be alive, isn't it? All right. We are a prayer culture. We are a people who pray because we're sons and daughters. Amen? You guys are dismissed. Have a fantastic week. If anyone needs specific prayer, the prayer servant team will be up here if you need healing in your body, if you need encouragement of any kind, or maybe things are going awesome and you want them to be even better, come up for even more prayer. I love you guys. I'm going to be at the back table with Jason. If you're a guest for the first time, I would love to shake your hand and get to know you a little bit.